We have undoubtedly heard the gospel in that song, and now we hear it again from the words according to St. Luke, which we continue. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And Gabriel came to her and said, Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy. He will be called Son of God. And now your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month for her who, has, who was said to be barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. Then Mary said, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. This is the word of the Lord. Today my preaching seems to be about songs. So we had high hope. And now I want to tell you about another song. But I have to tell you a little something first. It's about my dad. My dad had an incredibly distinctive voice. It was because of years of smoking and working in labs with chemicals. Very, very deep and very, very gravelly. It was distinctive. When you would walk into the building where he worked in the afternoon to pick him up after work, you could hear his voice through that entire building. When I think about my dad's voice, one of the things that I always remember for some reason is sitting in church next to him and hearing him sing a song called Salve Maria. Maybe some of you know it. Salve is that Latin word that means hail. And the hymn is Hail Mary. And my dad would sing that song with gusto in his deep, gravelly voice. Salve, hail, is a way of greeting. We heard the angel Gabriel greeting Mary that way. Interestingly, it always also means be well. It's the root of that word that we have a solve, something that we use on a wound to make it better. When my dad first started singing with his very deep voice, Salve Maria, all gravelly, drowning out the much more beautiful tones coming from the choir loft across the church, I was pretty young and I was pretty embarrassed. Why did he have to drown them all out? Later, I was kind of amused and finally comforted by my dad's voice in that church next to me. And now, 
This week, as I was reflecting on Mary's story, I heard my dad's voice in the back of my mind, and I thought, that seems just right. That deep, gravelly, wounded voice singing Salve Maria, Hail Mary. This is a story we all know, right? These gospel lessons from Luke, they're the ones we enact. They're the ones we tell. It is the beautiful story of Mary, the Annunciation, and the Visitation. We picture them in lots of different ways. We see them in artwork and in manger scenes. In reality, of course, Mary was not maybe that sweet-faced woman that, that we have in our manger scenes probably not in well-pressed blue robes. Rather, Mary would have been in peasant wear. Her dark skin and curls telling her Mideast Jewish heritage. To be honest, I wonder if the real Mary would likely not have been the girl we would cast as Mary in our Christmas pageants. But she's the one that God sent Gabriel to sing to. Hail Mary, Salve Maria. And that angel Gabriel gives Mary a new adjective. He calls her favored. In Luther's Christmas book, I don't know if you're familiar with this book, Martin Luther's Christmas book, One of the chapters is about the visitation, and Martin Luther points out how frequently in the world Mary's song and Mary's life is glorified in this way, that they speak of her humility, that they speak of her virginity and give glory to her for those things. We call her meek and mild and obedient. We lift up those things about her. But Luther says that the thing for us to remember when we tell Mary's story is that her glory doesn't come from any of those things. Her glory, her favor, comes into her ordinariness. And it is the story of how God regards her. What God sees in her. God does not stress either her low estate or her specialness, but rather sees in her a regular young woman living her life. But who can hold and give birth to his holy mission in the world? How can this be? Mary asks the angel. And the angel says, Don't worry, Mary. Don't be afraid. God can do things that everyone else thinks are impossible. And then her song begins. It is a song of God in the world. It is a song that imagines a birth announcement that says, when this 
kid comes into the world, things are going to be different because the impossibility of God's love and mercy and wonder, that's what's going to be born. And so she, with her cousin Elizabeth, whose child is dancing in her belly, sings that the proud and the powerful will need to step aside so that God's powerful and wondrous and all-forgiving love will be revealed in the world. She sings that the hungry will be noted and noticed because the world will need to see them fed by God's compassionate feeding and mercy and presence. And yes, love. She sings that God will be with us. And I wonder if she had a gravelly voice that said to the world, when I give birth to this child, the status quo will be shaken up a bit because that's what I bear. Because God said that it is not impossible for the world to change when God comes into the world. It is not that Mary's life would be easy. She would need to do arduous travel in the late days of her pregnancy with her husband, Joseph. They would be exiled far away from family and friends. She would see her child at the tender age of 12 go his own way to do what he needed to do in the world. She would watch the world reject and put him to death. She would ponder in her quiet times his birth, his death, and his resurrection. Mary's story is such an amazing story for us to tell because that ordinary girl, that peasant woman, that courageous Mary, gave birth to what would change everything. But this story should not be a story that we tell once a year as a story about one woman through whom God is birthed into the world. It should not be a story that gets packed away with our Christmas decorations because this birth announcement. This birth of God into the world is not a once and done event for us or for any. It is something that God redoes day after day after day and in fact invites us into because God also favors each of us who turn to him and see the impossible as possible, who are willing to sing Mary's song along with her, who raise our gravelly, unperfect voices in saying, Salve Maria, and who then live the story that she gave, the child, the hope she birthed. My father sang that song, but he did more than that. My father lived the stories of impossible faith. He grew soybeans 
as an experimental crop because he really believed that such a simple thing as a little seed bean could feed the world if people just loved enough. Every Sunday, he took us all to church to give my mother a bit of time to rest. And we all sat right in the front, and he spoke the words loudly. I often wondered if he was afraid, but if he had heard God's voices, that it was not impossible and to not be afraid. I remember him every Sunday morning breaking his very specific Sunday or daytime routine because all the things he did every other day were broken by that moment where he put his offering money on top of his jewelry box ready to go into a day that would be different because of God's presence. One day I asked him about miracles I wasn't sure that I believed in them, and I certainly didn't believe that they were current. And my dad simply, in that same voice, said to me, the sun comes up every morning and goes down every afternoon. He said, miracles are in the ordinary. Miracles are in the everyday. Miracles are in the way that God calls us to give birth again to God in the world with us day after day in the faith we hold in the hope that inspires us in the love we are willing to share in the ways that we know that God has come down and speaks through our ordinariness to make extraordinary claims on the world that he has created This is the fourth Sunday in this tiny little season of Advent. But this season and the birth that it announces is not just for a moment, not just through a woman, but it is God with us each and every day in impossible and incredible ways. And we, we are the ones who are called to proclaim with all the wonder that Mary holds, with the strong voices of the angels, and with the gravelly voices all around us that seem maybe like they don't quite fit in, but are the voice of the impossible love and mercy and hope and joy that comes to us. Wait for it. It's almost here, and it's here every day. Amen.